0: Hey, thanks for listening to this. You know what you could do uh, maybe after the podcast or even during if you multitask very well? Build a website. Yes, I know, building a website sounds difficult. Guess what? It's very easy and fun and streamlined and the exact right thing for you to be doing thanks to Squarespace. They make it easier than ever with beautiful templates, the ability to customize just about anything, and of course, 24-7 award-winning customer support. So head to squarespace.com slash cracked for a free trial And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code CRACKED to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmidt the Clam. I'm also known as Schmidt the Champ. And I am also, also thinking about Jane Austen Money. Uh, that's right, Jane Austen on money. Because uh, Jane Austen, the author of Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility and more books, she is the current non-queen face on Britain's 10-pound note. I find this 10-pound note fascinating for two reasons. The first is that Jane Austen experts believe that the note does not feature Jane Austen's face. And I'll explain why. We're going to have a food note to an NPR article where historian Lucy Worsley explains that the Bank of England used a portrait of Jane Austen that was made after the author's death and made with, quote, the Georgian equivalent of an airbrushing, end quote, also, if you don't know that uh, when British people say Georgian, they tend to mean the era when there were a bunch of kings named George, uh, so uh, it's it's the Photoshop of King George III, you know that kind of thing. So they photoshopped her King George style. That is amazing to me, and it's crazy that it ended up on the money. Very fun. The other reason I'm thinking of this money springs from our recent episode with author, journalist, and activist Caroline Criado Perez, and that show is also in this show's footnotes and it's in the show's feed if you want to find it. As we looked at female representation in media in one part of that show, uh, Caroline's done a lot of activism to keep women, besides the Queen, who's automatic, women on British money. And she picked out something fascinating about the successful drive to put Jane Austen on the UK 10-pound note. They put a quote on there, and it's a little quote directly under her portrait. So it's kind of implying it's something she said or believes in. And here's that quote. I declare, after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. End quote. Very cute. And the bill implies she said that because it's right under her face. There's no name attached to it. But it is actually a quote that Jane Austen wrote. She wrote it in Pride and Prejudice, and she wrote it uh, to be spoken by the character Caroline Bingley. And it's from a scene where Caroline sees Mr. Darcy reading a book and says that quote to him about loving reading in a fake way to try to romance him. She doesn't actually care about books in any way. So that quote has been completely transformed from being basically a joke about people who pretend to like reading into a fake actual love of reading quote for Jane Austen on the money that our British listeners may be carrying in their pocket right now. By the way, we have many British listeners, and hello to you. Anyway, the point is, I think that cultural garbling is very, very, very common. I think that's one of the ways being alive is more interesting than people think it is. It happens all the time with all kinds of things we say, and that leads to our topic. It is common sayings and phrases everyone uses wrong. One more time, that is common sayings and phrases everyone uses wrong – and by its nature, we, we're an English language show, so we're, we're focusing on that language's phrases and sayings. And millions of people in America, Britain, Canada, Australia, and so many other countries and cultures go around using phrases where the actual meaning is the complete opposite of what they think it is, or it's from some incredibly dark uh, historical past they never would have thought of, or some other, I think, just amazing thing that we don't tend to think about. For this topic, I'm joined by two returning guests and phenomenal comedians, Greg Edwards and Caitlin Gill. They are just so fun and so funny and also really, really great at getting into people's heads. Uh, that's that's often the best reason to have comedians on the show is their just understanding of these processes that we all do as we do things day to day, you know, observational comedy. They're also both writers and, uh, and also people who have done other careers and work and just all sorts of things where they think very deeply about our culture and how we interact with each other. We'll talk about Greg's work in education uh, in particular. And so all those things come together into looking at a thing that we all do using common sayings and phrases to, uh, you know, get through the world and express ourselves. I think it's fascinating that often we're using them in a complete opposite way. So let's get you into it. Please sit back or do what Caroline Bingley did. Sit beside the English Lord you're courting and then in this case, see if he's wearing Apple AirPods or some kind of headphone like that and then find a way to claim to like the same podcast as him. I expect an invite to your resulting wedding. I think I deserve that. And either way, here's this fun episode of The Cracked Podcast with Greg Edwards and Caitlin Gill. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Greg, Caitlin, thank you so much for making time for some some sayings and proverbs and, and uh, things we all throw around. It's That's a great. delight. Am yeah. I using that
1: correctly? I'm now less confident in my daily speech you
0: should be you should be most
2: this, definitely this forget my way.
1: odd speech impediments and sibil and S's now right. I'm not even sure I'm using S's wrong in words correctly it's a delight is is a that,
2: delight is that correct is
0: that well like a lot of these we're looking at uh, I think mostly phrases but like I, I feel like any word origin rabbit hole you can eventually find out especially with English because it's built from all these different European languages and invasions and stuff it's like oh it turns out that simple word I was throwing around all the time means like a head on a pike right, or yes. like some ter- terrible. terrible thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I am good at getting things wrong in speech. I think uh, here's the brag, and don't worry, I'll follow it up with a with a quick self deprecation. But I learned oh. how to read early. Cute. What nice, a what nice. a pre- what a precocious little kid. I, I did
0: too, but yeah, I did
1: not I ask any good. questions about w- what words meant. So I was very young figuring things out in context. My very limited context. <laughs> Um, You're yeah, that kid. Until
2: I know those kids.
1: Until very recently, <laughs> I was a hundred percent confident that the word "bosom" meant butt. Just I would have I would have bet, yeah. bet money on that. Are you? Fr- and it's Man. because anytime I read it in some inappropriate literature that my young <laughs> self got a hold of, the bosom was described as like ample oh. and like fleshy and inviting. Yeah, these are all all phrases that could also accurately describe a pleasant butt. So actually, it's a, it, we have butt, buh, buh, buh. I just assumed the origin <laughs> is somehow similar. The words were related enough to me to completely sell me on the idea that bosom was butt, and Whoa. it was embarrassing recently that I learned that I was incorrect. To make you feel a little better,
2: I feel uh the same about both of them.
1: Right. They're 100%. both great. I'm all in on both. Yeah. It's
2: supportive. Whichever
1: yeah. one you're talking about. Whichever yes. one.
2: I'm all about yes. it. booties. I feel 100 about both of them. Weird that booties,
1: although closer to boobies, never threw me off. Mm, Of course. Bosom, though. Real curveball. Real (laughs) curveball. I can
2: see that, though. I totally can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those little freaky diggy books with Fabio on the
1: cover. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Totally. And a lot of the phrases we have here, uh, some of them do have, like, dark origins are terrifying. And then then others, I think there's just confusion. Like, I love the idea that, we throw around a phrase that always had the opposite meaning or a completely different meaning yes uh, maybe maybe one to start with is curiosity killed the cat what a what a well-known thing that yeah. we all it's just somehow this parable we all know right not
2: what it meant i never said that one that much i heard it all the time
0: like a lot of these also i feel like some proverbs are a little old-timey mm-hmm. right like like just slang ages very rapidly and then True. and then what do you do But yeah, if we look back at where it originally came from, the English playwright Ben Johnson wrote a play in 1598 called Every Man in His Humor. Ben Johnson was like a comedian, like not Shakespeare comedy where just it works out, like comedian, comedian. He was doing jokes. Yeah, doing weekends
1: at Acme in Minneapolis. Got
0: it. it. (laughs) (laughs) But he he wrote a play where there was a phrase, care kills a cat. Uh, And it meant like being worried about stuff, Uh, like care, like overly worrying and then just over time uh, it mutated into curiosity killed the cat and became like a threat about wondering about things really means just don't worry too much Mm. Uh, that's where it originally came from that's a good one I like that I I like the the origin story of that
1: it's never a phrase I've understood though I've always felt like I was missing it like curiosity kills the cat okay are you the cat owner or the rat (laughs) because there's a perspective on that and don't cats have nine lives also by our own idioms oh yeah good point so like cat canon you got some lives
0: to spare yeah that's why you're so <laughs> curious though
1: yeah yeah That you know, doesn't matter to you i have always wondered with that that phrase if there was a cat that started it uh yeah. i mean it was a play it's a reference to a, a a fictional cat but i did wonder if there was some kind of literal like oh yeah that's where all the cats died because they checked that out <laughs> and then we just stuck around with it I Cat don't know. too nosy
2: I yeah. do like how they, you know, make cat like a person too. Like, yeah, that cat over there, cat daddy. It's always <laughs> been somebody's been referring to cats as people. And I, I oh like yeah, that. like jazz musicians. and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a cool cat. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Cats the musical. Very sexual. Very sexual. <laughs> Right? Am I the only one that like that commercial? With cats, the musical I, commercial, okay, all these women and these, these furry cats? I always thought that was hella hot when I was a kid. I was like, yo,
1: these ladies in these cat outfits. I think you were watching a commercial for Pussy. Fuck That's not the, no, not, the pussy. It's it's not the same. It's not the cats and pussy. No, I know. You're right. You're right. It is very sexual. Very hot. It. I mean, why do you think musical theater kids are into it? I guess you're right. I mean, there's a lot of Tender singing to each other, but there's also a lot of pawing around. (laughs) Pawing around. (laughs) You get to wear some costumes. It's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, cats are weirdly they're they're in so many contexts that I think I would just hear Curiosity killed a cat and mm-hmm. I was like it must be normal that we all know some story where a cat looked looked around and like fell into a hole or or like something happened to it. Right. Doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> let's do let's do another one of these. Those both are from an article, The Five Most Frequently Misused Proverbs by Robert Hall, Jay Wisniewski, and Chris Snipes. And this one, a rolling stone gathers no moss. It's a well-known phrase. It's what the, the band is named after, the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. uh, the magazine Rolling Stone. It's surprisingly like, popular for brands. I don't, I don't know why, but it doesn't mean what everybody thinks it means.
1: What's one of those coin flip ones. Can it mean kind of either? <laughs> or is Moss good or bad?
2: Yeah, that's the question. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's supposed to be bad, right? We yeah. use it like it's bad. Isn't that how we use it? Rolling Stone gather, gathers noma. You better stay where That's you are. Thing. You're not going to accrue things. Yeah. Is that the like
2: what? What do I want to accrue? Do I want to accrue ticks. I
1: know. <laughs> you know ma- what I, mean? yeah. <laughs> I want to get dirty. Not sure, I tics. want moss.
2: Yeah. I don't want moss.
1: Rolling Stones don't have moss. But yeah. isn't that? I mean, yeah. Papa was a rolling stone. It's definitely not a compliment to Papa. Hey, it so depends, on, yeah, depends on who's Papa. Uh, that's true. <laughs> hey, you know, I if mean,
2: you if you don't want to be around, Dad, we don't want you around. Anyway.
1: When he left, all he left us was alone. That could be good. <laughs> he didn't leave any moss, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Did he leave the moss?
0: Hey, yeah, sometimes.
1: So how are we supposed to use it? What does it actually so, uh, mean?
0: Yeah, it is. I and I haven't thought of pop was a Rolling Stone because I think it's actually in line with the original meaning. According to to history, the origin of the phrase comes from a Roman rhetorician named Quintilian. You know, we all know somebody. Yeah, rhetoricians. Quintilian. Very common, yeah. common gig. do sound uh, like you got a sword. <laughs> Big one, dude. Quintilian? <laughs> right, it's Quintilian-sized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It uh, does
1: sound like an ing- like a measurement. Yeah. A quintillion. <laughs> How much of this do you need? You want some eh. of this? <laughs> Quintilian, give or take.
0: So Quintilian's phrase was, a plant often removed cannot thrive. Uh, So he wasn't even dealing with moss. No, more rocks. Moss is dumb. Who needs it? And so he said that. And then over time, other people did alt versions. One of them was (laughs) a tree often transplanted is never loaded with fruit. Uh, that's a mouthful. Wow. And Which also sexual.
2: Very uh, sexual.
0: And it's even more explicit that, like, no, you don't want to be going around everywhere. You want to, like, you know, be fixed in some way. Yeah, they upped the ante things. on
1: the whole roots thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, they were like, listen, yeah, your orchard will fail, you know? Yeah. And then another alt was as the rolling stone gathers no moss, so the roving heart gathers no affections. Wow. Well, that's blunt. And
2: that's yeah. not true at all. <laughs> 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 I love well I used to love plenty of women
3: <laughs>
2: so much affection blood is thicker than water though yeah like, you want to talk about it that's well, another
0: saying we got here I
2: mean that's a saying that I said all the time
0: And blood I even, is thicker than water yeah
2: even saying that as a kid I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about <laughs> like, like, I've seen blood I've seen blood and water and blood kind of it looks like the water stays the same, but the blood just kind like,
1: of. Did you do some experiments?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh you- yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: I was weird. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I, I just talked about how I had a thing for cats. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I was a weird kid, uh, but oh no. <laughs> I never understood. Yeah, I never understood that one. Blood is thicker than water. Oil and blood—I mean, oil and water
0: don't mix. And oh yeah, all that bullshit. It's a lot of like liquid density, like physics or something. Right. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What are, <laughs> I, what are we doing wrong with blood is thicker than water? What does that yeah. actually mean?
0: That one is also one where I would forget the meaning. We think it's just confusing to me. And blood is thicker than water. We think it means. Family is the most powerful connection. Right. Yeah. Right. Like like blood, obviously family, like mm-hmm. oh shared blood in some way. That's thicker than water, which somehow means other people or other things. Yeah. It's sure. very confusing. And it's confusing because that's not what it means. <laughs> that uh, yes. That, what it means is it's from an earlier proverb it which is, quote, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. End quote. So that oh. it, in their in their so weird it's a cult like cult thing. Like, Well, and they're weird, like, liquid science understanding. They think the womb is full of uh, just water, which is, like, maybe kind of true. I don't really understand. The point is. (laughs) Do you uh, legislate
1: about women's bodies? (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Just water. (laughs) (laughs) Only in a couple states that are in the news. Why? No. uh, I
1: don't know. It's water up there or something. (laughs) I don't know.
0: So that was what they thought. But they mean that. Actually, the strongest bonds are agreements you make in life with people, not just who you're born with and your family, because that's by chance. And Mm -hmm. they in particular mean like war is the strongest, like your fellow soldiers. Wait, what is the
1: actual phrase again?
0: The blood of the covenant, meaning like an agreement, not so much like. Oh, I uh, definitely heard uh,
1: Christ in covenant. I was thinking covenant is the uh, the religious covenant. Yeah, totally.
0: That's what I felt. What I I heard when I. It's the main use now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can definitely hear
1: someone be using that phrase to tell you to leave your family and come join the church of, you know, (laughs) children of God or whatever. That
0: church down the street. (laughs) That one that like, like the Smallville cast was running or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. So it's not really that. It's the blood of the covenant, like an agreement. Okay. Is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm. So who cares what family you're born into? It's really what you've like, what friendships you've formed, or especially like fellow soldiers. Man, that's uh, probably, so it's hey, the opposite. I love it's it. The flip. Yeah.
1: That's the uh, that's the old RuPaul. You choose your family. I'm yeah. pretty sure Rue wasn't the first to say that, but I'm going to give Rue credit anyway. Nah, I'm sure she. Yeah, yeah I'm she, into she, it. she jacked that.
0: Well, a lot of these too, like especially blood is thicker than water. It means the exact opposite of how we yes. use it now. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like slang evolves so fast. Like anything from more than a few hundred years ago is just gonna be wrong. I feel like like it's gonna be the opposite of what we meant originally. Yes, I think so. Yeah, anything because even that like that Ben Johnson when curiosity killed the cat like Shakespeare used it the same way and they were both like popularizing it at the time so if you were seeing shows in London in 1600 you knew exactly what it meant but now it's now it's a whole different thing I don't know
1: <laughs> that's what it is, it's called Polari there's a whole language that fancy gay especially men made up Whoa. when it was still illegal to be a fancy gay man Polari? Polari, Wait. yes when and you, a lot of our my, like you go girl oh, okay. uh, what didn't come directly from black women in the south has also stolen from Polari so that so oh, okay. much of The language in gay culture right now (coughs) comes from this sort of root cultural language. I mean, lots of other cultural influences that gays tend to dip their straws into. (laughs) It was just, it would be a way, it would be like a little code, like, you know, your left earlobe is looking fine today, sir. And if you were a fancy man, you would know I'm talking about like that left earlobe. And you'd be like, your left earlobe is fine today, sir. And then we could go off into the John (laughs) and bone down. But if I was like, your left earlobe is fine, sir. And you were like, thank you, I've been working out my left. Your lobe I could be like a oh, history and then not <laughs> it was just the code
2: he doesn't speak Polari ah, yeah. Oh. yeah these dudes that's oh, very
0: got... like it's very espionage well and, uh, and, and we've got other other phrases and statements here and stuff that a lot of them do come from like old culture but uh, also like dangerous situations uh, we could look at this from five innocent phrases with surprisingly dark origins that is just more of a word it's deadline. Oh, what yeah. a standard normal thing we all say. we say a
1: lot? Yes,
0: yeah. We all know uh, the word deadline as a, as a pretty standard thing like, oh, it's scary. I have to get a thing done. But Greg, do you want to lead us into like uh, the the old uh, original story of that?
2: 1864, the Civil War had three years under its belt, so there were loads of soldiers. And if you were unlucky enough to be one of the 45,000 Union soldiers stuck in the Andersonville prison, you would have learned the meaning of deadline in a terrifyingly literal fashion. To keep prisoners from escaping, a 17 foot tall fence was built around the perimeter of the prison, which guards sat in sentry posts along the length of it. And just to make sh- uh, extra sure everyone starved to death, whoa, in orderly fashion. <laughs> Wow, it's like a death line? Within the designated yeah, starving yeah, yeah. cage, a deadline was established twelve feet from the inside of the fence. Wow, the invisible boundary and everything beyond was off limits to prisoners and anyone looking to test this rule was immediately shot by the guards. Wow. I don't want to use that word anymore. All
3: right. I'm just
2: gonna say that I got to get something done. I have a due date.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> do date. I have a do, I have a deadline at Sony Studios. Cut to you riding your horse out of Sony Pictures. There's a lot of <laughs> like and people screening behind pachow, pachow, muskets firing. Damn. I can't what? redraw Sonic.
0: <laughs> we can keep using it and stuff. I just I just love the idea that Everything we say has like this like hidden substrate of amazing oh. shit under it. You know, yes. like, oh, it was actually from this crazy thing at Andersonville Prison, the most brutal <laughs> prison camp of the Civil War. <laughs> like, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. Kill a of, uh, and there know. was some journalist <laughs> there
1: who was writing a story about it, just like in a tiny parchment, just like, well, alas, I don't know. I have to finish this so quickly. I wonder uh, the pressure I'm getting, the pressure I'm feeling to finish this story. I feel just like those prisoners yeah. starving on the deadline. <laughs> Deadline. I got yeah. it, guys. Let's That's call true. it the deadline.
0: Oh god! Like if Twitter was around them, and <laughs> journalists would have tweeted it, and then we would have all dunked on them for for throwing around a term <laughs> yeah. that has such a dark meaning. Because that happens all the been time. So-
1: Canceled. Ancient like, <laughs>
0: Twitter.
2: Oh, ancient Twitter would have been so dope.
0: But yeah, and this this horrible. Uh, it was Andersonville, is in Georgia, and it was forty five thousand prisoners were kept there, and most of them were starving and, and in bad situations. You're just so describing were, Georgia. <laughs> Because also with the with the history deadline, the National Park Service has a page that dispels the myth that just Andersonville had it. Apparently, basically every Civil War prison was constructed in a way where it was easy to get over the fence. So there was this deadline that was within the fence where if you crossed that, they knew you were going for the fence and they would they would shoot at you. Uh, So like Camp Douglas in the Chicago area, like all of these had a deadline that then morphed into just, oh, my things do. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't don't know how it happened It's crazy (laughs) Well, and uh, and there's actually There's another one here This is uh, also just a term uh, Or a compound word, I guess This is from Five Things You Say Often With Horrible Historical Origins (laughs) By Steve Shapiro And it is loophole oh what a common thing Ugh, a loophole yeah. uh, is how you just like beat the tax system or something no it is like As the word person.
1: deadline where i just assume it's fine until you're like it's not and i'm like oh no it was telling me the whole time like deadline has dead right in it <laughs> right i could there, have right, assumed it's right that here. the stakes were never so like it weren't about my like homework i could have assumed the stakes <laughs> were higher and loophole's another one where i'm like yeah you know it's just a thing you say. oh god we kill people with ropes Oh, gosh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it is like it's a little bit A to C because it's not rope based, but it is a, a loophole was a term for those like arrow slits in medieval castle walls. You know, like if you see yeah. a castle, there's mm-hmm. a little hole to shoot arrows out of. That was a loophole. Uh, so uh, the term comes from something you use to, like, shoot a, shoot a guy with an arrow who's uh, trying to take your castle. You want to kill a dude? <laughs> <laughs> right. What you do is... <laughs> you go around the corner. It's you jenga
3: s- out a brick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would be dope. It was just like a brick that's just like... You just push it out a
3: little bit.
0: But it's wild. I really assumed loophole was some sort of, like, description of someone like moving through a hole or like some kind of sewing term or something. I had all kinds of ideas in my head uh, that were not uh, medieval death. Yeah. It's great. One of these is from the Bible. This is the phrase the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing or the left hand shouldn't know what the right hand is doing. And I feel like you know, we've got like half the country subscribes to a political party where they, they sell themselves on. We're the most Christian. We know the Bible really well. Oh, yeah. And yet I think everyone in the country doesn't know how to use this actual uh, saying. it's yes. it's, just, it's crazy.
2: I remember hearing this saying quite a bit, and I never, like, I, I feel like I understood. It was one of those things, like, I feel like I understood, but didn't. Yeah. Like, I, I know, like, you know, this part of you. No, I, I don't understand it, actually.
0: <laughs> right, because, like, I think the—other the, than, like, obscure theologians and us, everybody uses the phrase, like, oh, the left hand should know what the right hand is doing or doesn't know. It's referring to, like, poor coordination by, right. by departments or, like, the management of something. Oh, so it's like—the okay. it's the thing we think it is is, like— you imagine a cartoon person who's like two hands are doing very different things like or like the game burger time or something mm-hmm. like a lot of things are being done that don't make sense. But it's, it's from uh, the Gospels. It's from the Bible. in Matthew chapter six, verse three, he says, but when thou dost alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. And then the next verse is that thine alms may be in secret and thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. I'm not going to read it again. It basically means uh, when you do charity with one hand, don't use the other hand to be like, look at my charity. Yeah, yeah. Like like you don't necessarily need to promote it all the time. I'm not you're surprised going to be... that
1: modern Christians aren't really focusing on the actual meaning of that phrase. Yeah.
0: When would they
2: ever? <laughs> Good old Matthew, though. Good yeah. old Matthew.
1: Yeah. Is Matthew your guy? First the gospel, gospel ready
2: No, nah, I'm more of a Peter dude. Okay Uh, Likes to cut off ears I was always fascinated That's intense
0: Yeah yeah
2: That's intense It grew back though I mean Jesus Jesus made it grow
0: back Peter? Was there an apostle Peter Who cut off ears? Yeah Oh I didn't know that Oh man I'm sorry
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you sorry?
2: My
0: dad's You know I was
2: deep in the Christian game We are both (laughs) preachers kids Yeah
0: I know too many Bible facts Wait wait You're both from the Bay Area And you're both The children of preachers? Yeah Yeah. Oh my god Yeah This is amazing
1: Yeah. Different roots My mom is a Lutheran pastor my stepmom is also a pastor for the disciples of christ my oh. dad is not religious just likes a collar <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. uh i came from a very white and liberal frame of christianity a presbyterian seminary methodist church baptized methodist i've dabbled in every part of boring white christianity
2: and uh, i on the exact opposite yep. you know just baptist black ass southern baptist singing and shouting and you know
1: it a lot is, of Bible study. It's a, it is a, a world rife with misinterpretation or perhaps reinterpreting for uh, one's own purposes. No doubt. Uh, it just never made sense to me that anybody rich or comfortable would ever find anything that relevant in the Bible. Yeah. It's not a story written for you. If you're doing fine, it's not oh, your right. story. Yeah. It's a story well, for yeah. people who are in the middle of poor, terrible struggle. Poor fuck. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Sadness, you know, trying to get by. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and I and I grew up uh, mainly Catholic, and I, I feel like condolences in our <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I feel like it was. Often not like super, super focused on like the little minutia of scripture and stuff. So I can see how people miss this kind of. You know? Sure. But it's also uh, that quote was Jesus speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, like yeah. the most famous speech, the whole thing, like number one. So uh, so the original saying is, you know, don't uh, don't broadcast your charity all the time necessarily. You will be rewarded in heaven and so on. That saying does
1: not give a clear indication of what it's talking about. Like, I get that it's it were some distance away from its roots, but that is that one that one traveled. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, does not say to me, do good works and don't talk about it. No, not Makes a lot more sense in the context of the business meetings wherein I heard the phrase first, being chastised for doing something wrong bureaucratically.
0: I will say I gotta give a vote for the new
1: interpretation on this one. Like it just makes sense as a saying in that context.
0: Yeah, the picture in your head of a guy screwing up with both of his hands.
1: And it's just not going right. Yeah, <laughs> I always,
0: it just felt like it was somebody
2: like uh like a boss right like uh doing some dirty shit <laughs> And not telling his employee that he's doing a dirty shit. So like, hey, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars, but you're gonna get paid two fifty an hour. You know, the left hand, doesn't right? Know. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. know what
2: I'm doing, and also the guy that's making two fifty an hour is stealing everything. So you don't know what I'm doing. So it's on both sides. But yeah, I stole a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I stole a lot. I
3: stole. Yeah, yeah. shoplifting phase? I
2: mean, no, like, no, like if you work at like a, a company. Oh sure, yes. Yeah, you know, like, I'm, yeah. If it's a book I want, I'm still in the book.
1: I'm sorry to the office pens. I used to work for if you're wondering where your Chili's gift cards went. <laughs> I can tell you.
2: I stole a vacuum once. <laughs> that's
1: from, a good one.
2: Yeah, it's a good. it was a good vacuum. It was like one of those corporate vacuums.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a smart steal, yeah. honestly. Oh,
0: yeah. Because cool like an office vacuum, it's got to do a lot of floors. So yeah. like, it's real good. It's, oh, the, man. it's the heavy like, duty it's one. probably
2: my best, my best steal. <laughs> I never stole anything <laughs> really good. Though. I just stole pins and water. I mean, not water. Uh, <laughs> pens and paper. <laughs>
0: Did did you say water because you were pouring water? <laughs> That's exactly just the stationary
1: thief. <laughs> I was the stationary penning theme. letters and mailing them. Just, off. <laughs> mailing them back to the company. Paper. I stole paper and putting pins a stamp on an envelope, putting the in the mailbox directly it's in a, the building. I stole
2: pens. I stole so many pens.
1: Everyone steals pens, Greg. Are you Never. carrying this around like it's a crime? I pens are I essentially guess. just public property, like I, lighters.
0: Hey, staples. You can't really do
1: anything that. about it. <laughs> staples does not believe that you are right. (laughs)
0: Well, when you were saying, like, I stole pens and water, part of me thought you, like... Don't understand that you're allowed to use office supplies <laughs> exactly. and, and drink water at the building, and you were really guilty about it. I like, got water out of there. Nobody's so <laughs>
3: much
1: alkaline water.
0: That's right. Alkali. Greg, just
1: at the drinking fountain, just like try and stop me. Nobody was gonna try to stop you, Greg. You're perfectly allowed to have the water. Like alkaline.
0: I'm breathing in everything here, man. Like, well, yeah, I know you're allowed. Well, I would still a lot of alkaline water. And and I feel I feel like money and class and all that. It leads us into this this saying. Uh, which is pull yourself up by your bootstraps Yeah, this
1: was a good one oh, man.
0: Uh, uh, The old classic that gets told to anyone if, if they want a government to do anything for anyone I was so satisfied reading about this one It's the best It is <laughs> exactly right
1: Every yeah. time I hear it now, I'm like Yep, you are showing me who you are Yeah,
0: Well, and also when when you guys heard it What did you think a bootstrap is? Like my best guess was shoelaces or something But I don't really know
1: I, yeah. You know, boots have that little loop on the back To pull your foot into them
0: Oh, I don't I don't wear a lot of boots either. So maybe I don't know.
1: Some boots, especially (laughs) riding boots, have two little hooks on the side for your fingers to pull them on up over your dumb legs. Oh. So that's what those are. Yeah, I think there are actual boot straps to get your boots on. I don't think they were always as comfortable and fitted. I think it was more of a to do to get your foot into a boot at some point. (laughs) And part of it was like the
2: You riding horses and shit. (laughs) <laughs> well, that, that makes Tell me apple. you don't
1: yeah. remember the early 2000s in San Francisco when every woman looked like she was headed to a stable Oh no doubt no I fell yeah, victim yeah, yeah, to yeah. that look you wore a cardigan <laughs> you wore boots up to your knees We had to say
2: the, the taller the boots the crazier the white woman
1: I trust me they hit my knees for a few years running uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, so I could accurately measure I'm also a size 12 oh, in women so it was a boot it was a lot was brown Han Solo boots I used to just whack behind drag queens to see where they were getting their <laughs> shoes.
3: <laughs>
0: the, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, it does come from, like, everyone riding horses times. This is a, it was a book called The Surprising Adventures of Baron Munchausen in 1785. Oh, yeah. old Baron. It's in the article, as uh, Five Common Sayings That Mean the Opposite of What You Think by Stefan Roget, that we will footnote if you want to see this illustration from the book of character Baron Munchausen is stuck in a swamp. And he pulls himself out of the swamp by his own hair. Like a thing Bugs Bunny has done with his ears in Looney Tunes cartoons. Like oh. it just gravity. He makes gravity work a way where you can pull your own hair up and it pulls your body up. <laughs> and, and then over time, somehow the, the saying, it became a saying and got garbled from hair to bootstraps. But it's referring to like a thing that is impossible to do. Yes. It's referring to like... A thing that is so clownishly, ridiculously impossible, it would be a Bugs Bunny move.
2: Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow. So when people are like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, they are sort of saying what they mean, which is go fuck you yourself. You know Ronald Reagan yeah. fucking uh, but- <laughs> knew
1: what that meant. Knew exactly what he was saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every. I mean, so I many like politicians use this guy. shit. Yeah. yeah. So many politicians say that shit. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It's kind of, it's just throughout the discourse. And uh, it it's from like a, a crazy 1700s thing where it was a cartoon move. It's great. Pull yourself yeah. up
2: by your ponytail.
1: <laughs> I am, that one makes me feel so much better yeah, like uh, about life. Yeah. Just that somebody would look at your face and tell you, "Pull yourself up by your bootstraps," with dead earnestness, <laughs> oh, yeah, as if true. they weren't looking at you and telling you you're fucked and there's nothing you can do about it, and it's, it's it, like somehow it's your fault. Yeah. Like no, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think anyone's ever had the stones to say that to me to my face directly. It's always like a politician saying it to all of us. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't yeah.
1: disappoint people
2: much yeah. that's got to feel good yeah, did they see you on jeopardy <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess yeah i guess guess that eliminated that right, right? Uh, hell yeah that's fair oh, to man. say you know, <laughs> anybody ever talk
2: shit to you you just pull up that clip I, I man i Yeah. You know, if i killed on jeopardy like you did oh, uh, man. i'd be like what'd you say <laughs> what the hell did you say to me <laughs> look at this gif <laughs> look at this gif <laughs> i'd have 20 t-shirts of me on jeopardy <laughs> It's just everywhere You know, you can just have
1: that That's true I guess you're right. Let's trade photoshops I guess we can do that Yeah we can do that. But it would be
2: real He actually did it Ah, you guys are very did it oh, no. <laughs> Well, his right
1: hand Can't tell his left hand that's What he's doing He can't really brag yeah, about that's it true. I guess you're Is that a charitable act?
0: Jeopardy? You can say you gave away Those winnings Nobody's going to check it Many thanks to our friends at Squarespace for their support of this show, The Cracked Podcast, and they want to support you. That's one of my favorite things about them as a sponsor is is a, I feel like it's a service to you. Almost more than anything else, because uh, whatever you're doing, a website can be very helpful. Like maybe you have a LinkedIn uh, to go find a job. What if you had an entire website to pitch yourself to employers? Maybe you have an eBay or Poshmark page to like sell your stuff, especially clothes on Poshmark. Well, what if you had a whole website to sell those clothes and things that stands out? That's different from the people in the pack. And of course, if you do comedy or writing or one of the things I do, I recommend getting a website uh, because everybody has a Twitter. Everybody's tweeting away all the time. What if you have an entire website to share your writing or videos of your comedy or anything else you do? And then there are 10,000 other reasons you could build a website that I didn't even think of because I have a very limited view of the world. But you have an amazing one, and let's share it with Squarespace because – they have beautiful templates created by world-class designers that give you the ability to customize just about anything about that site so it does exactly what you want. They have an e-commerce functionality for that sales I mentioned. The site is optimized for mobile right out of the box so it works on every device people use the internet on. Head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com cracked, offer code Cracked. Support for today's show comes from Turo, that's spelled T-U-R-O, and I want you to know those four letters because they can get you on the road through their peer-to-peer car sharing marketplace. It's both a website and an app that lets you borrow someone's car and give them money in the process so everybody wins. You can choose the best car for you, often at a lower cost than traditional car rental agencies, and you can do it Basically anywhere, because whether it's a truck to help on moving day or a fun sports car for a luxurious weekend away or a van for like some kind of fun road trip or or, you know, just like a little tiny car. So you, a very tall person, can be like, oh, look at me. I actually fit in this very tiny car. How about that? I'm kind of like that joke from The Simpsons. You could do any of those things I mentioned. Probably not the last one because it's uh, it's maybe not the best idea, but all of them are available to you because of the magic of Turo. So download the Turo app, again that is T-U-R-O, on the App Store or Google Play, or visit Turo.com, get $25 off your first trip when you sign up for Turo, and use promo code CRACKED25 at checkout, terms apply. Let's do a few more of these fun phrases and things. Heck yeah. This is one that I especially like because John Lennon did like a satirical version of it that was actually the original version, and it is the luck of the Irish. Ah, yes. Mm. Ah, what a classic thing we all know about, which is just the idea that the Irish are lucky. Ah, yes, let's build whole holidays around it.
1: Definitely, that was the cultural perception of the Irish, and it always has been. (laughs) Definitely. Nothing sarcastic or ironic about this phrase. (laughs) The Irish were always welcomed into the cultures to which they traveled. Never with any kind of resistance or stereotyping. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) It is really funny to watch the Irish take it back and just put it on green T-shirts. They force us all to buy once a year. It's like, yeah, that's right. Who's lucky now?
0: That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Turn our rivers green. Partly because of like cultural roots and partly because of the English language. Like a lot of these phrases come from England. And then uh, the English, if people don't know, were very mean to the Irish a lot. Oh yes, uh, yes. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm that's a Scot. I believe we were
1: both mean to the Irish and the English, putting us in a singular position. Who uh, yeah. also full of stereotypes, which are terrifically accurate. See, as a,
2: as a black dude, I didn't know it was all this white or white beef. Like so I, like, much. Uh,
1: like I do, I do yeah. people
2: beef with the Irish, but like I heard somebody call like some uh, a Polish dude something. And I was oh like, yeah,
3: Polish people.
2: Damn, sausage and I mean, the <laughs> whole reason. Uh,
1: I didn't know that why that yeah, we, yeah. pasties find the racism so delicious is that it briefly <sighs> makes us feel superior, <laughs> even though we are clearly they, no, no one is, and we are certainly not. I mean, everyone is equal, that and is if everyone yeah. isn't equal, we're not better. I'll yeah. put it that way. <laughs> we're not better, and uh, once we categorize like someone and the other, it still doesn't feel good enough. True. So we need to be better than the people who look like us. Take that, the Greeks apparently. Yeah. We're just Just dickheads to each other all of the time. Yeah. And Scots are particularly cruel. And also they take on a lot of of mockery uh, in pretty good stride because they agree with most of it. It's hard Mm. to tease a nation with low (laughs) self-esteem.
0: I remember being a kid and seeing like the Monty Python TV show. Yes. And they were doing a sketch where aliens wanted to win the Wimbledon tennis uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. And so the aliens plan was to turn English people into Scottish people. Yeah. Because the, the joke was based <laughs> on we all know Scottish people are worse at tennis. Yes. That's just a prejudice we all have. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and then I was watching it and I was like, mom, was that me? And she was like, Okay, so there's an entire English-Scottish-Irish racism history that that you don't know about. we're super good at.
1: (laughs) We're also, like, isolated on a little rock with nothing else to do except fucking fight. So if we're not fucking, we are fighting. (laughs) And then we've made too many of us because it's a rock with limited resources. The Scottish diaspora is massive. So many more Scots are like me, have only visited because we can't fit there.
0: And so this phrase, the luck of the Irish, like, now we use it as just a cute St. Patrick's Day t-shirt. But it had kind of two meanings in the past— One was the, uh, basically for English people and other people to just laugh at Ireland's uh, misfortunes, yeah. uh, invasions, and famines, and and uh, other terrible things that totally
1: happened. Totally right. unnatural famines, which uh, are super fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh,
0: and so uh, it was just like can put ha, that on ha. a t-shirt. They're real lucky. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha. Wink wink. And then the other meaning was uh, basically a direct racism against Irish people, where it was basically claiming that if an Irish person succeeded at anything, it had to be luck because Uh, Irish people are not smart or hardworking or any of the other things that that all people can be. Right. And so the luck of the Irish comes from two different really terrible meanings. But it just kind of probably flipped because uh, Irish people became more accepted in America especially and then we were all like ah they must just be lucky. (laughs) See what that's
1: what happens when you make whites Uh, live together. The pasties once you stick them together long enough they all kind of become one. No doubt. And then they're willing to turn as soon as somebody looks more different (laughs) than a ginger they'll turn <laughs> and it would return. And
2: all
0: you can tell is they got this little accent. We've got a few here that come from uh, kind of a hundreds of years ago entertainment industry. And uh, one of them. My prime era. You <laughs> <laughs> just went deep with it. Right. <laughs> we, all, we all killed in 1800. It was great. <laughs> uh, but this is from, uh, uh, it's, it's just the saying, please does punch. Ah, oh, nice yeah,
1: movie. this is one that caught me. <laughs> I have definitely used this phrase before. Yeah. I did not realize it's it's uh, it's genuinely rattling origins.
0: When well, and, and what did you guys think it meant? Because like looking back, like trying to trying to go back and think what I think it meant. I think I just thought like like a punch at a party makes yeah, people happy. Fruit like punch. the beverage. Yeah. Uh, that was all I could figure out. Spike punch, right? Yeah,
1: Kind of a Hawaiian yeah, punch sure, sure. mascot yeah. is excited. <clears throat> I assumed that that That's I, I guess oh, I yeah, kind of yeah. got. The idea that that mascot is excited because Punch is excited. Mm
0: -hmm. It's pleased. (laughs)
1: That's Punch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not that,
0: though. But it's not that. It isn't that. Yeah.
1: It's from Punch and Judy, right? Which yeah. is it's a, a an old comedy which I'm using air quotes for, in which Punch hits Judy <laughs> yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. Because wives are annoying and it's funny when you hit them.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah right.
1: I can say that. Isolate that audio. Make that the banner.
0: <laughs> <So> wait, <laughs> that's just the entire episode. Like it's like seven seconds long. That's they just that. the
2: banner. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: It does. Yeah. There was this whole school of comedy that is about how annoying women were, which when you look at it now, it's like, oh, men are so scared and sad and afraid to say what they want or need. Yeah. Like yeah, anything that comes out as comedy, those desires that bubble up, those uns- unsaid things that we can only say by laughing are just so sad to me. Like, oh, your, your emotions are so inaccessible to you that the only way you can communicate this is to punch a wife for a joke. Uh, yeah. It's just... Like, Boys, talk about how you feel. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's,
2: it's, yeah you're right. It's, it's true?
1: Like that, the release of it.
2: Popular
3: shows,
1: right? Like the comedic value of somebody falling and being non-seriously injured—that's always very funny, like, hilarious. In, I is assume great. these hits oh, don't Like yeah. Judy doesn't like weep and then stand back up with her busted nose gushing blood. She's just like, ah, punch. I imagine uh, yeah. there's sort of a casualness to it. <laughs> that where shit it's was all going about home. that release, yeah. where it's like <laughs> I've got all these emotions building up, just like every other man, and then he hits, and then it's like we all get to release. Whoa. And yeah. laugh. I
0: mean, why I
1: ought Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Uh, winding up that arm.
0: With this Punch and Judy show, like I when I learned what it is, because they don't really do them anymore. My first thought was, oh, like the honeymooners, like right. why I oughta, yeah. Like yeah. Jackie Gleason's going to hit his wife for speaking or something. Yeah. But, yeah. How uh, dare we? <laughs> and uh, so the Punch and Judy show was a puppet show in the past where Punch, the husband, uh, hits his wife, Judy, and then is happy about it. And so they and say, "Please, this punch," laugh. because uh, it was it was like a pop culture reference when it started out. It was, oh. or it is a pop culture reference of the time. It was like, oh, you know, as happy as the character punches when he when he hits hits a lady. Ah, what a thing! <laughs> his
2: wife, the lady that he pledged his love to,
0: yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah. And he and I guess in some of the shows he would proceed to hit everyone else in town. Like he would just go around striking everyone else he could, like uh, like Godzilla or something, like just oh. going around. But it was it was a, it was a whole thing, and I yeah, and I'd forgotten about rule of thumb too. That's another one where yeah. it's like. This weird, very normalized very uh, normalized now. Not normal. Very weird. Yeah, very weird and, phrase. And
1: all in the family was Archie. Didn't he, like, threaten to beat up, uh, what's her name? Yeah, I feel like that is a thing. A little bit, well, I, right?
0: Because I feel like it's ramped down over time. Like, right. the Honeymooners, he, he would always, like, wind wow. up and yeah. never do it. Like, they never had an episode where he just did it. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> <laughs> but-
1: <laughs> I think for a long time there was this really acceptable comedy in, like, getting as close to the line... Like, it was funny to see a guy so annoyed he kind of wants to hit a lady. Yeah. And since women were written by men, the job was to just be like, I'm going to annoy you till you almost hit me. And then we're going to wait. But yeah, marriage, yeah, right?
0: It was oh. a time.
1: We are both no. in long-term committed monogamous relationships. Yeah. I don't find any media depiction of how joyous and fun that is oh, to uh, be accurate. No, it isn't necessarily yeah. easy, but it's like better all the time. It's so good. Oh yeah. It just gets better. Time. <laughs> that it is really funny to see like marriage or long-term commitments in media. Just be like, ugh, yeah. who would do that? This is terrifying and the worst. I'm like, are you kidding? I propose always, like every day. It's, it's so much fun. I, I, agree. I agree. <laughs> It's just sad. Cause
2: like I, as a kid, I used to watch these shows, man, black and white, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like,
1: and it fucks with you, you know? Yeah. Until Mary Tyler Moore. The oh, yeah. The Dick Van Dyke show Van Dyke was a Dyke pretty show. good, it was an all right marriage. Okay. Wasn't okay. it? Am like, I wrong?
0: Because I remember I watched, it, it was called Head of the Family. It was like a pilot that was a forerunner of the Dick Van Dyke show okay. where Carl Reiner's the main character. He's uh-huh. in it. And it was apparently revolutionary because you see him help washing dishes. Right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's one scene where he helps wash dishes, and it's probably part of why it didn't get picked up. Yeah, but that, it was, was like
1: it's still an issue in Captain Marvel when Samuel L. Jackson helps wash some dishes that caused a bit of a kerfuffle. Really? Uh, I spent too much time on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, a bunch was of bros like were super month. pissed about that because. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> It's emasculating. Was that Nick Fury? I don't know. Or care. Right. I'm willing to get that right. You know what? It's Nick Fari. I'm not even going to try.
2: I do, I do get laughed at when I'm in the laundromat sometimes. Really? I get laughed at. You're kidding me. I get laughed. I, I do. I, I've seen like, and it's women and dudes.
1: But like, if it's a dude, I pictured a dude laughing and I'm like, but the dude's in the laundromat.
2: But he's not. Washing women's clothes. He's not. Wa- he's not washing clothes at all. They'll just be there or, or the children will be there. <laughs> the worst thing right. I get laughed at by like an eight year old, nine year old kid that is just used to his mother. Right. Or his grandmother just doing the laundry for everybody. Yeah.
1: Well, you better sit right that kid down. Oh. He has no idea oh. what's coming for Man, him. That
2: kid. Does.
0: Hey, buddy, you better get <laughs> you better get on board. It is weird with like with having Proverbs that are so old, they can so easily be from before anything was good. Yeah. Right. Because things started getting good like a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so It's still uh, bad. It's,
2: it's, it's still <laughs> bad. <laughs> Yeah, domestic violence is like crazy. Yeah. I remember a comedian was doing a joke about, like, your grandfather thinks his generation was the best generation, but he was like, your grandfather was kicking your grandma's ass, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, wow. Yeah, and potentially. Got, yeah. 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 And
1: we're so close to that, you know. But There's yeah. still legislation being proposed about, like, what's legal to do yeah. in terms of consensual sex within a marriage or, like, the recent legislation, and I forget where this is, about if a sex acts, it's consensual if it started. and at no point is it appropriate for a woman to be like, stop, uh, Man. or at least if she does, that can't be considered uh, any kind of assault, which is right. the most insecure, bro. Like yeah. that, the the paper that that bill is printed on is a dude that smells like Dracar Noir, just shaking nervously, <laughs> buying a condom in <laughs> a bar bathroom. Poor Dracar like, Noir! Just the saddest, <laughs> most scared...
0: Maybe as sort of a, a last rounding out thing, like we've looked at all these old old phrases that we still have. Like, how important is it to retire them? Like, what's the line? Like, is it seeing if whether it still kind of carries that connotation, or or if it's so old it's okay? I feel I feel like there's a lot of ways to like mm-hmm. divide it up. Like well, I remember off of Pleased as Punch and off of Rule of Thumb. I remember having white men's undershirts, and just everyone I knew called them wife beaters. Yeah, and that's pretty fucked up. That one we should retire. Yeah, Yeah. we can
1: go ahead and retire that.
0: Uh, But other ones where it's more distant, maybe it's okay. I don't know.
2: I work at a school, and I heard a, a principal on the loudspeaker say, "Look, guys." you can't wear wife beaters
3: <laughs> I'm
2: like call them A-shirts man come yeah, on yeah it has a name it it's an this, A-shirt What a figure? you can't wear wife beaters at school alright he said wife beaters
3: <laughs> like,
0: you just right. stop that's hearing wild. it it like becomes <laughs> another word
1: it, all of it like the word wife beater unseparated to me only conjures yeah. up a dude in a t-shirt or yeah, in a tank I don't,
0: top I don't think of
1: violence no, at all I, yeah. I, but I, it but is violent but it's about it <laughs> and totally maybe that's violent. the key to the phrase like there's you know if it actually has a blatantly offensive or, uh, you know, some kind of violent or hurtful origin right there in it like Wife Beater or another one that I did not realize until way too late was not cool is Gypped.
3: Oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Definitely yeah, so, used gypped too oh, often. Yeah. I said it on a college radio show and got a phone call from a very angry person who oh, was really? like, that is not cool. And yeah, I had to be yeah. like, sorry, listeners. Apparently, that is not cool. Yeah. Where, you know, in my head, that only had one meaning. I didn't associate it with any group not. at all. And I was wrong. The yeah. word has a meaning all its own that can, I guess, be separate from the word gypsy, but it also isn't. So yeah. it doesn't deserve its own <clears throat> external life. Yeah, like, absolutely. Pleased as punch is one that doesn't have, like, wife beater. It is wife beater, but it doesn't have that phrase directly in it. So, yeah, fucking steal it. Make it Hawaiian punch. That's ours now. You don't get that punch of punch and Judy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The shows are over. Like, you don't get to hit your wife anymore, and your wife might be your boss, and she might tell you the rule of thumb in the office is X, Y, or Z, so suck it. Like, it it doesn't have, like, the phrase isn't rule of stick you hit your wife with, so I guess if it's... Right. So there's some way to sort of make it more malleable in our speech now. Keep it, make it. But yeah, wife beaters can go. That's right in yeah. there. It's buried in the title.
0: It's <laughs> it's it's just describing it. Yeah, that
2: was beautiful.
1: <laughs> I Do what I can. That was beautiful. That was beautiful, that was beautiful
2: <laughs> yeah. the way you yeah.
1: Sorry I said chipped for so long. Great. <laughs> oh, no. Honestly didn't know. Like,
0: well, and that's also, that's probably how almost all these evolve is we just use them the way we hear them heard. Like mm-hmm. we don't hear a phrase and go like, to the books, right. you know, like we don't, we don't look it up. Context, we just use And it. sometimes
1: it's in the book, like bosom. <laughs> you 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 work it out by context. And if you're wrong, you just have to be like, oops, and then correct yourself. Uh, it's not that. That's you still hear
0: the most adorable. Or I love you it. hear it
2: so much. <laughs> I remember when we were saying wife beater as a kid. Yeah. And my mom was like, what? That's awful. (laughs) And yeah. eight months later, she's like, ah, uh, you got some dirty
0: wife beaters. Yeah, you, know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, you just hear
1: it so much, you keep going.
0: It's true, like, enjoy the ones that are fun facts. Yeah. And then uh, and then just maybe keep an eye out for the ones that aren't. Yeah.
1: yeah. You also work with kids. You know there's a threshold of your life before <sighs> you understand that. Like, there's no greater oh. social impact. The words are just funny in your yeah. world. And watching people freak out about them yeah. is so funny. That's yeah. never gonna yeah. stop. And true. I'm not, I can't say I'm necessarily... That's a social boundary you deserve time to find your way around on on your own. True. And adults are too uptight about stuff. And kids are fucking mean. Yeah. There's a medium in there. Oh, man. Where, like, we don't have to be so uptight about policing kids' language. And also, kids have to grow into a little bit of compassion.
2: Everybody's swearing. Oh, yeah. look, 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 I work in a high school. Everybody's saying the N-word. Yep. Everybody's saying the N-word. Yeah. Oh, Everybody's no. Saying, really? Oh, guys, that's the least. Everybody's oh, saying no. the F-word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hardcore. Yes. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, yeah. If you want to feel old and just feel like... Like your world is kind of spinning. Just hang around like these 14-year-old or 13-year-old boys and girls that just call each other every mean word that has been on MSNBC (laughs) that you can't say. (laughs) And they're saying it to each other, smiling while kissing each other. Right. And it's
0: like, it's
2: kind of beautiful and kind of sick
0: (laughs) and kind of beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. you almost get like the overview effect, like just uh, see the whole world. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was
2: I was was listening to it yesterday. These kids just saying the meanest shit to each other. Well, not I mean, but they don't look at it as mean. There's just these are just words that make me feel cool. Mm -hmm. And that's all they're doing it. Yeah. Just words that make me feel They don't even sound Yeah, their right. only
1: power is that they buzz to adults Yeah, at that age range in your That's life. It. And as you learn their impacts in your world, mm-hmm. you can make decisions about whether or not you're going to change, you know, what you say and how you speak. Yeah. I do think that is a weird tipping point. This is in line. <laughs> but boy, I had middle school. This is entirely true. I thought in my middle school world that Mexican was a subgroup the same way that jock, nerd, geek... Theater wow. kid was. Wow. Because oh, yeah. fluidly, the school is predominantly white or Mexican, pretty mm-hmm. split, maybe more than a third, less than half Hispanic. But that's that would just be the division. Yeah. yeah, the jocks eat over there, the Mexicans eat over there, the nerds eat over there. I had no context for it Shit. referencing yeah. anything greater than that. And if you had been like this is Esther she's from Mexico will you still will you show her around the school I would be like yeah come on Esther the nerds eat over there the Mexicans eat over there some of them are mean watch out they're not from Mexico they're Mexicans it's different it just it had no idea. Of course not. And then the, yeah, hey, was know. it, uh, I forget the proposition, but 87 and like 94 when California freaked out about immigration mm-hmm. as cyclically as we
0: do. Oh, uh, oh like Pete Wilson stuff? Yeah. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. There was a protest at my school. And I, re- like, because a bunch of kids were going to be personally impacted, and it hit me like a fucking cup falling at usual suspects like, oh, Mexicans are people. Like, yeah. not right. like jocks. This is a whole group. There's not a nation of jocks we're trying to deport. <laughs> if there was, I'd be on the other side of this parade, <laughs> but I had this like red face moment. And I recognize that moment because I'm so embarrassed by what I thought and how wrong I was that I have a choice where I can either admit how wrong I was and be embarrassed and feel that shame, or I can double down and say, I was right. Yeah. I was right, and they are other, and I, we both know people who have come to that point in their life and yeah. made a turn to not feel that embarrassment or that shame. So I guess if you are using phrases wrong, be they impactful or tiny little things, mm-hmm. just be embarrassed and move the fuck on. Yeah. You're gonna be all right. Yeah. But I think those kids that, are throwing around all those words that freak us out are going to hit that same point, and you'll grow up when you realize, when you push through that embarrassment. And those words are all yours until they mean something different to you. Wow. Damn, Caitlin. T- yeah. God damn. I just think you can be really racist on accident if you don't let yourself learn the context. And no. I think there's a lot of well-intentioned people who are doing exactly that, who I, just can't get over their sixth grade embarrassment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just— they're looking at a bosom as a butt.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are so, they're going to tell you it's a butt. Yeah, they're never going to believe it's anything but a butt. Yes, sir. Yeah. It means both or it can be what They're unwilling to feel the embarrassment.
0: And then they get shown that it's a. <laughs> that they just decide it's a butt forever. Yes. Yeah. They will
1: fight you to prove it's a butt. And sooner or later, it's a butt.
0: It all comes around. <laughs> Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Greg Edwards and Caitlin Gill for clearing up for probably somebody else out there what a bosom is. It's not a butt, and it's totally fine if you thought that, and we are very glad to be how you learned that, because Caitlin cannot be the only one. That's that's such a, a makeable error. And, of course, uh, all the other things we got into today, that was so fun. I, I just love knowing that like the tapestry of human speech is full of these little weird oddities. Uh, it's, it's very, very interesting to me. And I think like we said, most of them are innocent now because they are just so far from their original origins, unless it's something that's actively hurting people today. It's probably fine to just go ahead and own these things like we do now. And in our food notes section, you can take ownership of the cracked articles we drew on in this episode. Many, many amazing stories in those. Also a mental floss article that we got that pleased as punch story from. Uh, Speaking of one that we've kind of taken ownership of now that no one does those puppet shows anymore. Also, you'll find links to the amazing stand-up comedy of both these comedians. Greg Edwards has a new album out. It is fantastic. It is called Dopamine. You can buy it through the link in the food notes. Also, Caitlin Gill has an album coming this summer. Uh, Follow her on Twitter, so you don't miss uh, the good word about that. Also, she has show dates coming up. You can see Caitlin Gill live doing stand-up in San Francisco at the Punchline, which is a, a wonderful club that I, I believe is also on the way out. So uh, uh, that's too bad. But celebrate it while it's still here and see Caitlin there June 12th and 13th at 8 p.m. Both of those nights, June 12th and 13th. And that about wraps us up, but before we do, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by The Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Ryan Connor and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. Please do leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. That's a way you can share the show with people automatically. It like rises in the algorithms on there and then everybody wins and we are very grateful to you. Of course, if you hated this show, hey, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media a space where I see lots of just claims about the world get posted, especially on Twitter, but with no like source link or no verification. And it happens across the whole political spectrum and sort of like how these, uh, these sayings sort of mutate and grow and change over time. I think that happens to facts that way, not to get on an enormous soapbox right at the end of the show, but I think that's a thing that's happening. My own Twitter account, very solidly sourced all the time, is at Alex Schmidt. My Instagram is at Alex Instagram, and I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmidty.com. That's got my show dates, my fun email newsletter of free internet stuff tips, and so much more. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. Many thanks again to Turo, T-U-R-O. They are a peer-to-peer car-sharing marketplace. You borrow someone's car from them for whatever you need, they receive money in the process, and everybody wins. I think it's a great thing, and I hope you'll check it out. From exotic sports cars to practical daily drivers, you can choose the best car for you, often at a lower price than a traditional car rental agency. And again, somebody in your community or that place you're traveling to wins too. So download the Turo app, that's T-U-R-O, on the App Store or Google Play, or visit Turo.com. Get $25 off your first trip when you sign up for Turo, and use promo code CRACKED25 at checkout. Terms apply. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com.